Stories, fables, ghostly tales. No, no, stay where you are. Do not break the stillness of this moment. For this is a time of mystery. A time when imagination is free and moves forward swiftly, silently. This is the haunting hour. The people in the house. houses have their secrets. And the house on East 67th Street in New York was no exception. Its rooms had seen the births and deaths of seven generations of Thatchers. And now they looked down with despair upon the three people living within its walls. Evans Thatcher III, his son Kendall, Kendall's lovely wife Margaret. For evil and hatred stalked the rooms and took you by the throat. When you entered the house, it was polite and hidden, but sinister. And present so strongly that you felt you could reach out and touch it. Margaret, come in, my dear. I've been waiting for you. Oh, I... I didn't know you were home. Aren't you forgetting something, my dear? I didn't know you were home, father. That's much better, Margaret. I only ask that you behave as any daughter should to a father-in-law. Where's Kendall, father? My dear, Kendall is only my son, but he's your husband. I'm surprised you should ask me his whereabouts. Most wives All right. Thing, sir. All right, Kendall isn't home. Let's stop acting. My dear child, I've never acted with you. It is you who pretends to like me. I take little pains to conceal my dislike of you. I hate you. I hate you more than I believed I could ever hate another human being. And if it weren't for Kendall, Why I... don't you divorce Kendall, my dear? I'd gladly pay for it. Kendall isn't the proper husband for you. You should have married a strong young detective. There was a suitable match for you. By the way, what was his name? Walters. Larry Walters. Oh, yes. I remember the name perfectly. Father... And I didn't marry him because I was in love with Kendall. Oh, come now, my dear. We both know the truth. You could hardly marry a representative of law and order if you told him the truth about yourself. But after tonight, why, I imagine that difficulty should be solved. Oh, you are completely vile. But there's one thing you've never understood. A mind like yours can't understand it. I love Kendall more than I hate you. And I'm not going to leave him alone with you so that you can ruin him completely. Too bad that you can't afford to move out of my house into an apartment of your own, isn't it? I'm sure that if Kendall could get a job and support you, you'd be deliriously happy. Yes, I would. But you've taken good care to see that Kendall is too weak to go out in the world, haven't you? Now, my dear Margaret... Don't think uh... I don't know what you're doing. You've hated Kendall since the day he was born and deliberately set out to ruin him by, by giving him everything he wanted. You've made Kendall so completely dependent upon you that he's afraid to leave. 
You've pampered him so that he's fit for nothing. You're insane. No, I'm not. I'm perfectly sane. I'm willing to stay here and fight you till I've made a man out of Kendall. We both walk out of this house together with our heads up. And I'll see you both dead and rotting first. Oh, good evening, Kendall. Did you take my message to the club? Yes, Father. Uh, Mr. Ainsley said there was no reply. Oh. Hello, Margaret. Hello, darling. Well, aren't you even going to kiss me? I haven't seen you since this morning. You bet I am. Nonsense, Kendall. Stop acting as if you were a newlywed instead of behaving like a man who's been married a whole year. Well, my mother and father were married 22 years, and he kissed her every night when he came home. There. You see, Father, kissing your wife. Kendall, come along upstairs. I want to talk to you. My dear Margaret, you'd better change. We're dining with some friends of mine. But Kendall and I had planned to eat home tonight, Father. Did you? I didn't. I don't very well see how you can. I left instructions that there was to be no marketing today and gave the servants the night off. Are you coming, Kendall? I, uh, yes, Father. I'll, I'll see you later, Margaret. I hate you, Evans Thatcher. I hate you. I wish you were dead. Is that you? Margaret, what is it? What's the matter? Larry, I've got to see you. Foolish, foolish child. I, oh, I, I must have a wrong number. No, you haven't, Margaret. You're in trouble. I, I'll be right over. No, no, you mustn't. You mustn't. Goodbye. Well, are we all ready? Margaret, you look beautiful in that dress. I'm afraid that the dress will have to go back, Kendall. But, Father, why? You said yourself... I've changed my mind. I will not pay for it. I don't want you to pay for it. I didn't ask you to buy it. Oh, Kendall. Kendall, can't you see what he's doing to us? I don't want him to pay for anything of mine ever. Kendall, please. Please, let's get out of this house now. Margaret is hysterical, Kendall. She doesn't know what she's saying. She's just done something very stupid and childish, for which I'm afraid I must punish you, Kendall. No. No, I'm not going to stand by and see this again. You're not Come going here, to... Kendall. I'm sorry, Father, really. I'm sorry. I mean it. I'll never do it's it again. It's a little late for that, my dear. Come here, Kendall. You can have the telephone taken out, I promise. Please don't hit Kendall. (laughs) Mr. Thatcher? Oh, come in, Mr. Walters. It was thoughtful of you to telephone, let me know you were coming. It enabled me to open the door myself. I don't like to let the servants know that I have detectives calling on me. Oh, you don't like detectives, Mr. Thatcher? Not in my house. As a matter of fact, though, I've been expecting a call from you for a few days now, ever since Margaret was so foolish as to telephone you the other night. As a matter of fact, Mr. Thatcher, that's just the reason for my visit. Margaret didn't sound at all well to me. Very observant of you, Mr. Walters. Margaret isn't well. She's a neurotic. That's funny. When I knew her, she was a perfectly healthy young lady. Perhaps. But now she's definitely neurotic. Then, of course, you've put her under the care of a physician. I dislike your attitude very much. Are you implying that my son and I aren't treating Margaret properly? Because if you are, you can get out now. Actually, you had no right in this house. 
I received you because I wanted to show you that there was no reason for Margaret's call to you the other night. Now I shall let you see Margaret. You can hear from her own lips what I've been telling you. Yeah, I'd like to see her. If you'll excuse me, I'll go up and bring her down myself. Thanks. I, uh, won't offer you a drink. However, the radio is over there. If you wish to turn it on, it may help you pass the time. this program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin. Dandy Jim Carrey broke out of the death house a little over four hours ago. Holy mackerel. With only two days before his execution, Dandy Jim became the first prisoner ever to escape from the death house. The police have thrown a dragnet all over the country and promise a speedy arrest. Keep tuned to this station for further details. Here he is, Margaret. Uh, please tell him how you feel. Hello, Margaret. Hello, Larry. I, I don't know what was the matter with me. I, I was just upset and nervous. That, that, that's why I called you, Larry. Yeah, that's what Mr. Thatcher told me. Now, look here, Walters. I've stood for a lot from you because you were a friend of Margaret's. But I'm telling you, I'm not going to stand for any more insinuation. It won't do either Margaret or Kendall any good at all. Remember that, Margaret. I'm not insinuating anything, Mr. Thatcher, but I'm not a fool. I know darn well that Margaret called me for some reason. And I don't believe a word of what you're saying. All right. You've succeeded in making me do something that's very painful both to me and Margaret. Please go, Larry. Please. I I don't need your help. I I don't want it. Don't worry, Margaret. I promise you that this won't affect Kendall at all. Now, Mr. Walters, here are the facts. Margaret's made a very good marriage. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Exactly. A girl in Margaret's position has no right to expect to marry my son. You see, Mr. Walters, my son was brought up with everything in the world he wanted. His for the asking. Margaret, on the other hand, had a much different life. Much different. You mean that she wasn't spoiled? That and other things. If I did spoil Kendall, Mr. Walters, it's only natural. When a child's mother dies at the birth of a child, and a man has to be both father and mother, his son is apt to be indulged. Or hated. Have you ever heard of dandy Jim Carey, Mr. Walters? Of course. He's in the death house now, awaiting execution. You didn't know that he was Margaret's brother, did you? Oh. You see what your insinuations have made me do, Mr. Walters. Uh Uh-huh. I see. But it may interest you to know that Dandy Jim escaped from the death house four hours ago. What? Thank heaven. I think that's your phone. I... I'll answer it. I uh, wouldn't dream of it, my dear. I'll go. Margaret. Margaret, why didn't you tell me? I can see you're in a jam. Let me help. I can't, Larry. Just leave me alone. It's best that way. Believe me. Hello. Hello, answer there. But, Margaret, I only want to help. Believe me. Evidently, wrong number. Yeah. You seem to have a lot of them around this house. Now, Mr. Walters, I think there's nothing more for us to say to each other, so... Good uh, night. If you want me, Margaret. She'll know where to reach you. Good night, Mr. Walters. Now, my dear, we'll wait for the telephone to ring again. Only this time, when Mr. Walters isn't here, you will answer. No. No, I won't. I think you will. Won't you, my dear? I think you will. Won't you, my dear? Where's Kendall? 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 Kendall
Kendall. I want Kendall. Kendall won't help you. He never will. Stop it. Stop. Certainly. All you have to do is to pick up the telephone and say what I tell you. Well, you wouldn't want to disappoint your brother, would you? He desperately wants to get in touch with you. All right. that was touching the lives of the people in the house on East 67th Street came swiftly to its violent conclusion. Evan Thatcher III was determined to dominate and rule his son, Kendall, at all costs. Hating his son from the day he was born, bringing him up a weakling by pampering him, he resented Kendall's marriage to Margaret Carey, a beautiful and strong-willed girl who is determined to break Evan Thatcher's hold over his son. Only Margaret had a brother, Dandy Jim Carey, who had escaped from the death house, and is even now trying to get in touch with her, while she sits on a bench in Central Park waiting anxiously for Kendall. Oh, Margaret, I'm sorry I'm late. I tried to get away before that. I know, darling. Sit down here, right next to me on the bench. Oh, the park's beautiful at night, isn't it, Kendall? Mm. Gee, I look forward so much to sitting here quietly with you. It's the only time in the whole day that I'm happy. Do you think that's right, Kendall, darling? Huh? What do you mean? Well, there's two people so much in love and married. Should, should they be only happy when they can sneak away from the house they live in to sit in the park and hold hands? Oh, Margaret. I know, I know, I'm... I'm no good. Why don't you leave me? Oh, stop saying that, Kendall. Don't you realize that's just what your father wants? I know, I know, but there is just nothing I can do about it. But there is. You're going to have to make a decision, my darling. You're going to have to come away with me. I I want to. So, so much. But I'm I'm scared. We'll starve, Margaret. Well, we won't. I tell you, we won't. It's hopeless. Do you think that I could stand watching you work and support me? You wouldn't have to. You could go to work. I, I want to. But you know what happened when we tried it once before. Father saw to it that no one would hire me. And if I did get a job, he had me fired. Well, we made a mistake. We'll have to leave New York. Where will we go? What difference does it make? We'll be together and... And we'll be happy. But you won't have anything. I, I don't care so much for myself, but I couldn't stand it for you. That's not true, Kendall. Do you mean I'm lying? Do you mean that I really don't want to go with you? I mean that you're afraid to face the facts. You have no reason to be afraid for me. I, I wasn't wealthy before I married you, and, and I wasn't unhappy. I am now. I won't be because I love you very much if we go away together. I don't care how little we have as long as we're people living together, supporting ourselves and and away from your father. Margaret, I will. We'll go away. We'll never see my father again. Oh, Kendall. Kendall, darling. Oh, when will we go, Kendall? Tomorrow? No, we... 
We'll have to make plans. Why? Your mind is made up, isn't it? Of course it is, but we can't just pack up and go like that. Why not? Well, there are... Well, there are things to do. We have to find a place to go, get the tickets. We'll go down to the station and get on a train. What difference does it make where we go? But we can't rush. We... Maybe... Oh. Oh. All right, Kendall. I... I, uh... I have an appointment now. With whom? Your father and my brother. I, uh, I don't suppose you want to come with me. No. No, uh, no, no, I, I, uh, I think it's better if I stay out of this. Yes, Kendall. I guess I have to face it. I, uh, think it's better if I stay out of your life, too. Permanently. Margaret. Yes, Kendall. I love you very much, but... You'll never break away from your father. As he told me, he's done too good a job. Well, you talk as if father were deliberately You don't see it. You'll never see it. Goodbye, Kendall. Margaret, wait. Wait. Come in, Margaret, my dear. It's cozy in here. Why did you make me tell Jim to meet us here? It's an ideal place, my dear. Who would ever think of looking for an escaped murderer in the Castle Chess Club? Are you going to help him get away? question is premature, my dear. This reunion between beautiful sister and doomed brother appeals to my sense of the dramatic. That is why I brought you to the Castle Club tonight. I hope you realize the honor I've conferred upon you. The first woman ever to set foot in the Castle Chess Club. That was your idea, wasn't it? You're the president of the club, and you made them put that rule into effect. Why, yes, my dear. Now that you mention it, it was. You see, I I don't believe that a chess club is any place for a woman. That isn't the real reason. You hate women. You've hated us all ever since your wife died. And that's why you hate the son you think caused her death. Shout. Silence. Shouting doesn't change anything. I'm right. That's the explanation for you and everything you've done. You're impudent. And you should pay for it. I don't care. I... I'll do anything you want if you'll only help Jim get away. Do you realize, Margaret, that you're asking me to break the law? Aiding an escaped criminal? Stop it. I know all about you. How do you think I met Kendall? It was through Jim, of course. I knew that you were the leader in all the crooked business that Jim was doing. I begged him to stop, but he wouldn't. Thank you for being so frank. I often wondered how much you knew about me. And I know that it was your fault Jim killed Mr. Merritt. Hmm. Rather a bold knock for a man who's hiding. Open the door. Your brother will be glad to see you. Kendall! What do you mean by coming in here? I thought that you should know that... Well, I... I followed you. You followed me? For what reason? I specifically told you... I noticed Larry Walters following you, too, and I thought... I thought maybe there was some trouble. Well, it was very thoughtful of you, Kendall. Very thoughtful indeed. But as you see, there's nothing wrong. Margaret and I were just having a little little chat. You can go now. Did you hear me, Kendall? I said you can go. I heard you, Father. Kendall, I want you to stay. You'll regret this, my dear Margaret. Go home, Kendall. If you won't do as I ask. Then I want Kendall to stay. I hope you heard what Margaret just said, Kendall. 
A deliberate attempt to blackmail your father and to do something unlawful. Well, I don't... I'm, I'm not... It's time you knew the truth, Kendall. We've been married a whole year, and if, if you're ever going to become a worthwhile person, now is the time. Margaret. You can't stop me now. I'm going to tell him. Kendall, you can prepare yourself for some vicious lies. Kendall, you're going to have to be strong enough to face the truth. Your father is a blackmailer. I don't believe it. No, no, Margaret, It's you're... true. After your mother died, when you were born... Evan Thatcher became a bitter, rotten old man. He used his position and his reputation to find out things about people, and and then he blackmailed them. Ridiculous. But Margaret's father didn't need money. He, he liked to hurt, to see them squirm. He wanted to hurt the world because he'd been hurt. Kendrick, she hates me so much. She's trying to poison your mind against me. She hasn't one iota of proof. You covered your tracks well, didn't you? You had my brother Jim do all the dirty work for you. Didn't you ever wonder, Kendall, what business affairs your father and Jim could possibly have had together? Well, it did seem kind of peculiar. Kendall, go home. Let me handle this. I'll explain everything to you in the morning. My word of honor. But, Father... You have my word. Go home. Hello, everybody. This is a nice little family gathering. Jim... Stay where you are, Jim. Stay right where you are, or this gun might go off. Go on, Kendall. Get out. No. No, I'm staying. I want to hear all of this. Yeah. Tell your son how you double-crossed me with Merritt. Shut up. Why? What have I got to lose? If you don't kill me, the cops will. Why don't you tell your son how you made me pack a gun when I went to Merritt's and how you knew he'd have one, too? So it's true. Margaret wasn't lying. You are an evil old man. One more step, Jimmy, you'll be dead. Jim, wait. Mr. Thatcher will help you to get away. Wait now, sis. But he could have helped me, he folded. And I kept my mouth shut in court for him. Now we'll have the truth. You didn't accuse me because no one would have believed you. I was too careful. What's the difference? First, I'm going to kill you, and then I'm going to die happy. Now, get out of my way, Kendall. Stand back, Kendall. He's not going to hurt me. I'm going to kill him. I won't be blamed for it. He's an escaped convict. I'll tell. I swear I'll tell. I'll tell the police just how it happened. You're not going to be alive to tell anyone anything. Kendall, stand back. You're not going to shoot, Father, or you'll have to shoot me first. Get out of my way. Are you crazy? No, Father. Just seeing you as you really are. I'm going up, Father. You idiot! These fools can ruin me. I'm going to say that Jim killed Margaret. Then we took the gun away from you. But I had to shoot him in self-defense. All right. Hold it. Everybody reach. Oh, thank heavens you come, Walters. You can arrest this convict. And you, Mr. Thatcher. Now I know why you dislike detectives. Drop that gun. Come along, Jim. Give me that gun, Thatcher. I'm going to be Ladies and gentlemen, the oath 
pleasure and amazement, the 78 Club presents the great Marlowe, the mental marvel. Gifted with a seventh sense, the great Marlowe reads your mind, tells your every thought. Now, let me warn you, if you have a secret you don't want him to know, just don't think about it. Presenting the great Marlowe. Thank you. Thank you. Frankly, I can't explain the performance you're about to witness. Science, without explaining it, calls it telepathy. Thought transfer. I call it hokum. <laughs> the gentleman says it's hokum. Maybe. We'll see. Now, everybody in this room, concentrate. Think of a thing or a person. Concentrate. Think hard. Ah. I have a thought. Someone is thinking of the initials S.G., Will the person thinking of S.G. please rise? I've been thinking of S.G. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Young lady, you are concentrating on the name of Stanley Green. Is that right? Well, yes. Stanley is in the army, I believe. Correct. Yes. He's a sergeant. <laughs> and you want me to tell you Stanley's serial number? It's, uh, 340 Six, seven. Is that correct? Yes. Thank I have another thought. Someone is thinking. Someone is thinking. Ladies and gentlemen, please bear with me a moment. I'll have to stop this performance. Believe me, it's important. I'll be back very shortly. I told you it was Holcomb. What happened, Professor? Forget your call. Hey, what's the idea of stopping the act that way? Where's your telephone directory, Moreno? What are you trying to do, ruin my club's reputation? Shut up, Moreno. Where's your... Oh, here. Now, listen, Marlowe, I'm paying you two grand a week. Yeah, Glenwood. I expect to get my money's worth. Listen, will you please leave? Just as soon as I'm through with this call, I'll finish the act. All right, but make it snappy. And close the door. I should like to speak to Helen Thornton. This is Mrs. Thornton. Helen Thornton? Yes. Who is this? Uh, my name is Marlowe. I'm a telepathist performing at the 78 Club. A few moments ago, during my act, I received a thought that is vital to you. Are you alone? Yes. Uh, do as I say, please. Lock all your windows and doors. Allow no one in under any circumstances. This is unless... idea of a practical joke. No, Mrs. Thornton. This is no joke. Someone here in this nightclub is planning to kill you. Hello? This is Mildred Helen. I just got in. Oh, I've been trying to get you for hours. I know it's very late, but could you come over? Helen, what's the matter? Oh, Mildred, I'm so frightened. I'm alone here. Where's Jack? Well, he's out of town, and it's Marie's night off. Mildred, I don't know what to do. What's wrong, Mildred, will you come over right away, please? You can spend the night. Oh. Helen, what happened? What's wrong with you? Oh, Jack. Helen? Helen, are you all right? Look, I'll be right over. No, Mildred, it's all right now. Jack's come home. What was the matter? I'll speak to you tomorrow. All right. Jack! What's the matter? What happened, darling? Helen! 
Darling, for pity's sake. What is it? Pull yourself together, darling. Here, come on over here. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's better. Now, what is it? Oh, darling? Jack, I'm so glad you're home. It's been awful. I, I didn't expect you when, when I heard the door. Well, I, I finished my business in New York sooner than I'd planned. I, I would have wired, but I thought I'd surprise you. I, I met Fred Hamilton on the train coming home. Remember the buyer from St. Louis? He stopped off for a drink downtown. Oh, Jack, you, you should have called me. As a matter of fact, I did try to phone you around 11. I tried to get you just as we were leaving the 78 Club. The 78 Club? You were were there? You... Well, what is it, darling? Well, nothing. I, I, I'm all right now. Well, something is wrong, Helen. What is it? I guess I was just frightened being alone. Well, you've been alone before many times. Yes, but that... Caught. What call? Well, the, uh, uh, the police. They called. Oh? There was a robbery in the neighborhood. Oh, so that's it. That's why the door was double locked. Well, darling, there's nothing to worry about now. I'm here, right? Yes, Jack. You're here. <laughs> there, that's better. Uh, good night's sleep, and you'll be as good as new. Yes, Jack. Now, you lie there and relax, darling. I'll go to the kitchen and make you a cup of warm milk. Thanks, Jack. Hello? Paul, it's Helen. Didn't you get my message? I called twice. Paul, you, you must help me. Please, please, Paul, there isn't much time. Helen, what's the trouble? He's going to kill me. What are you... Jack's going to kill me, Paul. He came tonight at... Helen, what are you talking about? Paul, you must believe me. Now, listen, Helen. You've probably had a bad dream. Is Jack there? Yes, please. You, you must believe me. I know what he's going to do. Well, we'll straighten this thing out. Let me speak to Jack. No, 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 you mustn't. Please listen to me. He's coming now. You'll never see me again. Alive. Goodbye, Paul. Don't bother folding up the dresses, Marie. Just throw them in. Martin, isn't this kind of sudden you're going away? Don't ask questions, Marie. Hurry, please. Here, help me close this suitcase. You finish packing the other suitcase. I'm going down to get the car out of the garage. Good morning, Helen. Jack. I was so surprised to see me. Well, uh, Marie said you'd gone. I, I didn't expect... Well, I decided to come back. See, I caught you in time. Uh, I was just going over to Mildred. So early in the morning? We have an appointment for golf. Nothing in, in those clothes? I... Well... <laughs> Darling, all right. Helen, I'll tell you why I came back this morning. Frankly, I'm worried about you. Something's on your mind. I know it. Won't you tell me what it is? I'm all right. Okay, Ellen. Now, listen to me. I had some very important business to settle in the office with Paul this morning, but you come first. You saw Paul this morning? No, I changed my mind on the way down and came back. Helen, you need a rest. You and I are going away. No, Jack, yes? no. I... Now, there's no use arguing. I've already made a reservation for the week. Where... Where are you taking me, Jack? Remember that cabin we stayed at three years ago? Oh. It'll be wonderful. Just the two of us all along. We'll, we'll drive out there tomorrow. Now, there's no need to fuss either. Just a few old duds and 
My rifle. Your rifle? I'm selling my gun. The hunting season is on. The shooting at Lone Acres should be very good this year. this all about? Oh, I had to see you. Yeah, but why here at Luigi's all the way across town? It's safer here. What's gotten into you? Jack's going to kill me. Helen. He is, Paul. Don't be ridiculous, Helen. Well, that's what you told me over the phone last night. He changed his plan. Oh, I see. And why, Mrs. Thornton, is your husband going to kill you? Because, because he's jealous of you. Jealous? Jack jealous of me? He knows what we once meant to each other before I married him. Well, of course he does. So what? Why is winning you is a standard joke between Jack and me? Rivals in love, partners in business, and all that stuff. <laughs> Come on, snap out of it. I think I'd better talk to Jack about you. No, no, Paul, you mustn't. Promise me you won't. Oh, all right, Helen, if you say so. Jack's taking me to Lone Acres tomorrow for a rest, he said. Good. It's just what you need, Helen. I'll never come back alive. No, Helen, get hold of yourself. Everything's all right. Your imagination's overworked, that's all. You should go to Lone Acres for a rest. It'll do you a world of good. All right, Paul, I'll go. But I'm so frightened. So frightened. Paul, we'll be alone and he'll have his gun. You know, Helen, sometimes I think I love this gun more than I do you. There, it's okay now. Clean as a whistle and fit for the work at hand. Say, look, the fog's lifting. You can see clear across the valley. No, we'll get in some hunting today after all. Helen, what's the matter? You haven't said a word since breakfast. I'm all right. I've been wanting to finish this story. The Golden Goblet Murders. <laughs> you know, detective stories hand me a laugh. Now, if I were planning a murder, I'd use a gun, like this Springfield. Just say, for instance, I wanted to kill... Well, say I wanted to kill... Me? All right. Say I wanted to kill you. Now, let's see. We have to have a motive, don't we? Uh, well, I'd have it. Motive? Jealousy. Jealousy? Yes, I'm jealous of Paul Allen. That's it. I, I'm jealous of Paul. I don't want to talk about it. I... Oh, come on, darling. Be a sport. Our murder plot is just beginning to get interesting. Now, let's see. We need a locale. Well, Lone Acres, right here. What a perfect setting for a perfect murder. And now for the time. Yes, Jack. When are you going to kill me? Well, I shouldn't really tell you when I plan to kill you, but I'll give you a break. This afternoon. How's that? We'll be out in the woods, hunting. No one will be too near. No one to see what happens. The hunting season, a gunshot, you're dead. A regrettable accident. And there's our perfect murder. Helen Thornton has discovered that someone wishes to murder her. 
A mental telepathist performing at a nightclub read the thought from among the guests. Later, Helen was shocked to learn that one of the guests present in the nightclub was her husband, Jack. She fears that he might want to kill her because of his jealousy of Paul, a former suitor. Her anxiety is heightened, and her husband suggests that they go away for a weekend to Lone Acres, an isolated hunting lodge. Once there, Jack tells her it's a perfect setting for a possible perfect crime. Her murder. A hunting accident in the world. Well, there's a clearing up here, darling. We'll stop for a rest. Helen. Yes? I'm going to circle this hill. You wait right there for me. Jack. Jack, please don't leave me here alone. Regrettable accident, Mr. Thornton. But, Doctor, I don't understand how it happened. Uh... No, Mr. Thornton, it's really nothing serious. Just a shoulder flesh wound. Your wife's perfectly all right. Well, when may I see her? Right now. We'll go in right now. Thank you. She's asleep. Go ahead. Wake her up. She'll feel better knowing you're here. Helen. Helen, darling. Hmm? It's me, Helen. Jack. Mrs. Thornton. It's your husband. Doctor, get him out of here. He's going to kill me. What? Please, Doctor, you must save me. Mr. Thornton, perhaps you better leave the room for a while. All right, Doctor, I'll wait outside. Doctor, Doctor, please don't let him in here again. You must believe me. He's planning to kill me. Mrs. Thornton, what happened was an accident. Well, that's what he wants you to think. He planned it that way, but... It wasn't an accident. Now, Mrs. Thornton, it's perfectly natural in a case like this that you should imagine strange things. Doctor, you think I'm crazy, don't you? I'm not. I know what I'm saying. You yourself took the bullet out of my shoulder. Doesn't that prove to you that my husband shot me? On the contrary, Mrs. Thornton. At the scene of the accident, they found your husband with a thirty-two caliber rifle in his hands. The bullet I removed from your shoulder... Was a forty-five caliber pistol cartridge. Marie, Marie. Yes, Mrs. Thornton. I'll be right up. Uh, I was just cleaning up the cellar, ma'am. Oh, Mrs. Thornton, you have the sling off. Yes, Marie. The doctor says the shoulder's okay now. Pretty soon I'll be playing golf again. Oh, that's fine, ma'am. I'm so glad. Thanks, Marie. Uh, were there any calls for me while I was out? Oh, Mr. Thornton called to tell you not to wait up for him. He'll be home very late. And, oh, Mr. Allen called too, Mrs. Thornton. Did he say what he wanted? No, ma'am. Did he try to get you later on? Oh, Mrs. Thornton, I was thinking... <sighs> Do you suppose Mr. Thornton wants to keep this box of bullets downstairs on the open shelf? I was thinking it might be dangerous, ma'am. Bullets? Yes, ma'am. This box here. Let me see that box, Marie. Forty-five caliber cartridges. Forty-five caliber cartridges. Mm. 
shoulder. I thought it was all a terrible mistake. I was even too ashamed to explain to Jack why I'd acted the way I did. But now, Mr. Marlowe, I'm sure that what you told me over the phone that night is true. Someone is really planning to kill me. Are you My sure? My husband. Husband? Are you sure the doctor said it was a forty-five caliber cartridge? Yes. A forty-five caliber cartridge. Just like these that Marie found in the basement. Does your husband have a pistol? I think so. He keeps his guns locked in a case. He has the only key. Mr. Marlowe, he tried once and failed. He'll try again. You must help me. All right, Mrs. Thornton. I'll do all I can. Where is your husband now? Well, he's out on business. He'll be home late. Then we'll have to work fast. Now, let me see. I go on again at 9 o'clock. I want you to go home immediately and find some way of opening the case in which your husband keeps his guns. I'll call you just as soon as my act is over. Mrs. Thornton, if you can find a forty-five caliber pistol in that case, I think we can put an end to this affair. Hello? Mrs. Marlowe. I opened the case. There was no pistol. Mrs. Thornton. I searched all through the house, and I can't find it anywhere. He must have it with him. What shall I do? I, I can't stay here tonight. He'll kill me. Mrs. Thornton, listen to me, please. You must come down here immediately. A few minutes ago, during my act, I received the murder thought again. Mr. Thornton is in this nightclub. My husband is there now? Yes, meet me in my dressing room. Be sure to come in through the back entrance and hurry. All right, Mr. Marlowe. And where am I supposed to be right now? Jack. Oh, but, Jack, he said you were... You were standing there all the time. You heard everything. Enough. It's not you. Well, then who is it at the 78 Club? Me? 78 Club? Helena, are you going to tell me what this is all about? Not you. Oh, yes, darling. I'm going to tell you everything. Everything. I should have told you before I wanted to, only... Oh, Jack, I need you so much. <laughs> Now, look here, Marlowe. I want to get to the bottom of this. But Mrs. Thornton and I have told you everything. Yes, well, then explain to me why at the very moment I was standing in my own home listening to my wife talk to you on the phone. You were telling Mrs. Thornton that I was sitting in this nightclub planning to kill her. Oh, don't you see, Helen? This man's a cheap trickster. Why, he's never even seen me before. Why didn't you come to me when this all started, but darling? Jack, I was afraid. Because uh, she thought you were the one, and so did I. That's why I assumed it was you sitting out there. Of course, I never saw you before you entered my dressing room a few minutes ago. You see, Mr. Thornton, I have a telepathic mind, not a magic eye. 
I know what your wife and I have told you is hard to believe. I don't know what your game is, Marlowe. But I'll find out soon enough. Come on, Helen, we're going to police headquarters. That won't be necessary, Mr. Thornton. The police know about this. I told them. Huh? The police are here now in this nightclub. Mr. Thornton, whether you believe it or not, your wife's life is in jeopardy. Someone in this club now is planning to kill her. Perhaps this will convince you. You own a forty-five caliber pistol with a serial number 75682. What? Yes, that's, that's right. That's the pistol I reported as missing. Yes, I know. The police told me tonight. Jack, why didn't you tell me? Well, telling you've been so upset lately, I didn't want to cause you any more anxiety. That pistol is, in all likelihood, the same weapon that was used up at Lone Acres in an attempt on your wife's life. Mr. Thornton, that pistol was brought to this club tonight by the person who is planning to kill your wife. The police found it concealed in an overcoat in the hat-check room. Whoever claims that coat is Mrs. Thornton's intended murderer. Oh, why should anyone want to kill her? Who can it be? We'll soon find out. Mr. Thornton, do you recall the night you were in this club? The night I first received the murder thought? Yes. That night, did you see anybody here... Or were you with anyone who knows both you and Mrs. Thornton very well? well let me see. Uh, well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, it couldn't be. Uh, pardon me, please. Here we go, Mr. Marlowe. Here he is. Will you bring him in, Inspector? All right, you. This way. Come on. Mrs. Thornton, your intended murderer. Oh. That's right. He was with me here the night you received the murder thought. It was Paul all the time. Yeah. And it almost worked, yes. And all the clues pointed to you, Mr. Thornton. But why? We were so friendly, the three of us. Friendly? More than that, Mrs. Thornton. Paul Allen was hopelessly in love. Mr. Marlowe, you're on. All right. I'm coming. Let's go, Allen. <laughs> Forty five caliber cartridges. Forty five caliber cartridges. Cue the suspense music, mates. I love these old haunting hour episodes. A lot of editing and noise gating, but I really had a blast fixing them up. And I hope you enjoyed listening to them as much as I did editing them, as always. Today, I'm going to have to cut my usual outro short, namely because I'm trying to recover from a reaction that I had to one of the COVID booster shots. Nothing serious, but it took me out over this weekend. The usual muscle fatigue, lethargy, and worst of all, muscle pain. Pretty rough, but expected. Not a lot of fun, and even just sitting here is rough as God. So, I wanted to say thank you immensely for your support. For those of you who are able to, and a huge thank you to my Patreon supporters. Specifically, Matto Star Bauer, who I'll be responding to this weekend coming as a result of this silly booster shot. Leza the awesome Bauer, the stalwart rock of support, and my amazing Earl Grey and Sencha supporters. I'm lucky 
to have you all. Have a wonderful week ahead of you, mates. And I'll catch you next Monday as right as rain, I assure you. Cheers, you lovely listener, you. And have a wonderful, wonderful week.